You're listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. Good morning. All right. Ah, man, I love that song. It's so much fun to be with you guys worshiping together, especially on Baptism Sunday. I, I love being able to see what God is doing here at Anthem Church. Um, my name is Luke Hedinger. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, if you're new with us. Um, I'm, I'm the Salt Company director, so I'm really excited about uh, getting going again with the, the students and with the kickoffs uh, this, this next week. Please, as Stan said, be praying for us. That, that is, uh, yeah, it's only by the grace of God that, that we can do anything. And I am reminded of that every time I go step on campus, just the the weight of that responsibility and just what God wants us to do. So be in prayer for us. The other thing this morning that I want to start off just praying for is that um, I don't know about you, but, but me, I'm, I'm very uh, individualistic at times. And, and for me, I, I pay attention to what goes on in my sphere of influence, and, and lots of times that sphere is very small. And, and what goes on outside of that, it, it just seems like it's not even on my radar. It, it, it can be just... It might as well not even be happening until someone like my beautiful wife makes me aware of what's going on in our country and in our world around us. And I don't know about you, but there's, this has been a weekend of unrest. Um, in places of the South, there's, there, are, there are things happening that, that looks like it was going on in like the 60s, and it's still happening in our country, in, in our world, and it just reminds me how broken how broken we truly are and how broken our country is. And, and the Bible says that we are to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. And so I just want to take a few moments before we get into the word. I just want to pray for not only for the brokenness of our country, but for the, the hurting people that, that are being caught up in, in all that's going on. So, so join with me as, as I pray. God, I, uh, I love you and I praise you. And God, I want to start off this morning by asking for your forgiveness. Um, God, I pray that you would forgive me for being so individualistic. Forgive me, God, for, for only seeming to care about what's happening to me. And God, I, I pray that you would help me to be, um, to be a person that you say that I should be. Help me to, as I said, weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. God, help me to be salt and light. God, help me to be more aware of what's happening, not only in our world, but in our country. And God, I pray that you would help us to, to, to stand up. And, and rise to the calling that you've given us. And, and I don't really know what that means, but God, this morning I pray for those who are caught up in, in just the brokenness of what's going on in, in, in the South. God, I pray for those people who are hurting, those, those families who have lost loved ones. God, I pray that, that you would bring restoration because, because you can. And I pray, God, that you would overcome evil with good. And I pray, God, that it would not be something that's happening out there, but God, it would be something that we are aware of and praying for and actively seeking how we can love those who, who hate us and, and just responding to our enemies, enemies in love. God, help us. Help us to be those people, and it's in your name. Amen. Amen. I challenge you to, to continue to be in prayer as, as I am trying to, to be challenged to be in prayer as well. But this morning, what, what we're going to look at is we're going to, to finish up the book of Jude. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at the end of Jude. And if you're new with us, I would encourage you to go back over the past few weeks and, and listen to messages by Stan and by Todd and, and see what's happened before now. 
Because, because Stan started off the book of Jude setting out the fact that we are in a battle, that, that we are facing a battle. That's, that's the reality. And then, and then Todd uh, did such a great job last week talking about there are tactics of this anim- enemy that we are in a battle with, and, and we can be aware of the tactics, and we can be aware of, of who it is that we are in a battle with because of the charges that are brought against him. Right? And, and through the book of Jude, we've been reading about, about people who, as Stan talked about the first week, people who have been taking the gospel and the, the grace of God and they've been warping it and they've been changing it to, to meet their own sinful desires and go their own ways that are ungodly. And then and we've been reading about people, enemies who are, who are creeping into this early church, this young church, seemingly unnoticed. And as Jude says that the, at your love feast, they're hidden reefs. These, these people are causing other people, people to be shipwrecked in their faith. They're, they're picking people off that the enemy is attacking and he is real. And, and it is a battle that, that this church is facing. And I think there are times that we can read scripture like Jude. And we can, we can approach it as though, like, like this weekend, like thinking about all the things that are going on in the South, and we can, we can say like, oh man, that must, be, that must have been hard. That, that must be hard. I don't know what I would do if I were in that situation. Right? I love World War II movies, and, and I always think, what would I do if, I, if that were me? What would I do if I were one of those characters in the Band of Brothers? And it's like, we, we just think about it very detached, as though, as though that were happening at that time and how, how hard that would be when, when the enemy is real. Like that time when the enemy was doing those things and people were being picked off and that, that time way back then. But what we don't realize is in what Jude, he, he begins to end this, this letter helping us see that that's not, it's not that time, it's our time. The battle isn't, isn't over, the battle isn't out there somewhere, it's in our backyard. And see, we need to understand that, that we still have a battle. We still have an enemy. There's still tactics of that enemy. And the question is, how do we fight? And, and I think Jude, Jude begins to, to talk through this. If you read verse 17, this is where we're starting this morning, verse 17. He says, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions it is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the spirit. And so first of all, let's, let's just stop there. What is he saying first and foremost? He's saying, be aware. This isn't something that happened way back then. This is something that's happening now. And we all know stories of people who have been picked off. You don't have to think too hard about that. I remember a young mother that I was meeting with when I was uh, a pastor in, in small town Iowa, and she was telling me about how she was praying and she was, she was seeking God, and God gave her a peace about leaving her family, her awesome husband and her two beautiful little kids, and God gave her a peace about, about leaving them because one of the reasons is, is because she wasn't able to have the college experience, like to go crazy and be wild in college, so God's given her the peace to go do that now. I kept thinking, how? what? How? That's crazy. Do you, do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? Because they're crazy. I, I heard about a, a small town. I was talking to Brock about this small town, about the, the two main churches in town. One of the churches, the pastor was being fired because he was in an emotional affair. The other main church in town, the pastor was being fired because he was in a physical affair. This is now, right? We all know stories 
about people who look at the things of God and they say, okay, yeah, I get that, but here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to be about. And they're picked off by the enemy. We are still in a battle. And how, the question is, how do we fight? And, and what I see in Jude in, this, in the end section here, when he's wrapping up his letter, how we fight, right, that's the question. And, and the answer is this, kind of the big idea. We fight by being set apart. Right? We fight by being set apart. He, he goes on to say in verse 19, It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. First, he, he starts here by, by this question of how do we fight, by, by comparing and contrasting. Do you get that? He, he goes back to Todd's message. He goes back to Stan's message. He says, all right, these are, these, are, these are the people that we're talking about. Let's be clear about who we're talking about. But you. But you. And, and he starts off this how do we fight section by saying, all right, inwardly, this is what you do. He starts off by saying, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. I think if I were in the audience, I would be saying, wait a second, but you just said there are enemies creeping in unnoticed. What, what do I do with them? How do, how do we, like, I, shouldn't we just, like, get clubs and, like, start, you know, like, trying to figure out who these people are? And he says, no, you, but you, what do you do? You, you be set apart. And he starts off by saying, Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. What, is it, what does it look like for us to build our lives up in what the Bible says that we are, who the Bible says that we actually are? What would it look like? What would it look like for us to, to continue to, to say, all right, you and I, what is it to truly know what it means to be loved by an all-powerful God? What does it mean to... to when the Bible says that we are sons and daughters of God, what does it mean when we, when we walk in full confidence of who the Bible says that we are? What does that mean? What does that look like? How do we, how do we build ourselves up in, in our most holy faith, in your most holy faith? It reminds me of the, the first time I went to Panera Bread Company. I, uh, I, I'm kind of a, yeah, you're like, where? That just took a hard turn. I, I'm kind of a country boy at heart. I grew up in Northeast Missouri, and uh, our, my wife, she took me to Panera. The first time I had Panera, she took me there, and we went to West Des Moines. If anybody knows anything about Des Moines, West Des Moines is more of like the upscale part of Des Moines, and uh, so we're in Panera, which Panera is kind of like a fancy fast food place. It's fast food, but it's fancy, right? And, and so, so we go in there, and I order a bread bowl, which I didn't even know there was such a thing as a bread bowl. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, there's a bowl that I can eat when I'm done with it? Like, that is, that is gospel, right? That's good news. So I get this bread bowl, and it's full of just steaming hot goodness, and, and I'm just chowing down on it. And I'm, I'm on a date. This is before we were married, right? So you want to be on your best behavior, right, so that you can lock them in. And um, I, I'm chowing down, and I get to about the end of my soup in my bread bowl. And logically, what do you do when you get to that point? Logically, you pick up that bread bowl and you just tear into it, right? And some people are like, yes, amen. And so that's what I did. I grabbed it, you know, but bare hands, bare teeth. I just, just ripping into it. And all these people are sitting around me like, oh, my goodness. what? This is Panera. This is not McDonald's. You know, it's like this is fancy fast food. 
And I'm just tearing into it, and my wife's thinking, oh, who am I dating? But see, the reality of that is, is that that was mine, and it was awesome and good and beautiful, and I was not going to leave any left on the plate. And how many times do we, do we approach our Christianity, we approach the things that the Bible says that we are, and instead of devouring it, instead of building our lives on it, we kind of take a little bit of a, a sip and say, well, I like this part, I don't like that part, I like this, and I'm going to pick and choose, and, and you know, maybe I'll do a little bit of this, maybe I'll do a little bit of that, instead of taking it and being like, are you kidding me? I get this? There is such a thing as a bread bowl? God is good, right? And just tearing into it and say, this is who I am. And, and the reason we do this, the Bible says, Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, 11 through 14, I don't think I have it up on the screen, but he says, and he gives the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. He says, build yourselves up. Why? So that you're not tossed around. So that every wave of doctrine that might be these rogue waves that Jude talks about, these wandering stars, these hidden reefs, when those things come against you, you say, no, I'm not going to fall for that because I know who I am. For those of us who say, well, I don't, I, I'm just not a big reader. I don't, I don't read the Bible a lot. I, or, you know, theology, it just gets super confusing. Guys, as Todd said last week, Christians don't have any excuse not to be thinking people. Because we do have an enemy. And we are in a battle. And that is in our backyard. And if we don't understand who it is the Bible says that we are, and we're looking at all these passions and these people that are going and doing this, we are in danger Right? He, he goes on to say, not only do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, but he says praying in the Holy Spirit. And this isn't, this isn't a call to, to like pray in tongues. This isn't a call to, to spiritual giftedness. This is, a, this is a, an, an idea of relationship. This is, a, this is a positional, a fixed position. In Romans, Paul talks about it as walking by the Spirit. See, he's comparing and contrasting again. He's talking about these, these other people that are scoffing the things of God, these, these people that are, that are reading the things of God and saying, yeah, I don't know about that. He says that they are ungodly. That word ungodly literally translated means animal sold. It means that they, they follow their own passions. Second Peter 2.22, he describes that idea of ungodly as what the true proverb says. This is what Peter says. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. We look at animals, and we say, why do you do that? Like my, my dog, um, this is maybe too much information to share from a stage in church, but my dog, he was sick for a little while. And, and I'd take him on a walk, and, and he would do his business, and, and it was not pleasant. And uh, then he would start licking himself. And on a walk, I'm like, oh, why do you, and I would talk to him as if he would understand me. And I'd say, Boswell, why do you do that? That is gross. Don't you understand that you should not put your tongue there? And he would tell me, well, Luke, I don't have a wash rag and I am messy. And so therefore, no, no, it's like, why do you do that? I don't know. It's what I do. Yeah. You see, he's saying, comparing and contrasting, you walk by the spirit. 
live in submission to the Spirit, not submission to your own comforts, not submission to your own passions, not submission to, to just what feels good in the moment. He says you submit to the Spirit in relationship to the Spirit. When we walk through life and we go in situations and we hear that still small voice speaking to us saying, you should talk to that person. You should pray for that person. You should give that person this. You should, you should tell this person this. Or maybe you should not be doing this thing. You should not be looking at this woman or this man in this way. You should not be watching this because this is not who you are. And when we hear that, he says, these other people, what they do, they don't even hear that voice. It's just, they just go and they do whatever. But those of us, beloved, he says, pray in submission to the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. When we hear that voice, we don't say, I want to, though. I want to watch this thing. I want to look at this person. I want to do these things. No, he says, you walk in submission. That's how we fight. Right? He goes on. He, he goes on to say in, in verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, my mind immediately, when I hear somebody say, hey, keep yourself in the love of God, my mind immediately goes to, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Wait, are you telling me that I cannot be in the love of God? That's where my mind goes because I'm insecure. I know that none of you are, struggle with that, I'm sure, right? All of you are like, no, I can understand why you wouldn't be loving I am totally loving, right? See, the reality is, is that if, if, if it's our job to keep ourselves in the love of God, we're in trouble. Like, if, if, if we can fall out of the love of God, then I will do that every time. And yet the reality is, in Romans, I just want to read for you Romans 8. I love Romans 8, starting verse 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I want to skip on to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, verse 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. See, the truth of God's love is that we didn't earn it. Ephesians tells us that we didn't do anything to earn it. I cannot be more loving to God. He loves me. Not because I'm good, but because he is. And so what is Jude saying here is he's saying, look, there are times where, where I can do things and I can live in such a way that it makes the truth of God's love feel less true. You ever do that? I can, I can focus my thoughts and my, my thought life and, and I, can, I, can, I can say, well, you know, I, at night I just need to unwind by watching The Office on Netflix over and over and over again. You know, I, I, can, I can unwind by, by listening to this or doing this or, or doing that thing. And, and there are times where it's like, man, that does not build me up in my faith. Actually, it makes me deadened and I want to escape because, because maybe life is hard and maybe I do feel insecure and maybe there are times where I, where I think, God, how can you love me? You see, in the same way, Jude is saying, look, the love of God is not contingent on you. But there are times where you can walk, and, and the truth of that 
feels less true and the lies of who, who the, the world says that you are and your insecurities, we can walk in ways that those feel more true than the truth. I, I love the story of the prodigal son in, in Luke 17, or Luke 15, excuse me, where, where it, it taught, Jesus is telling a story and the prodigal, the, the one son, he goes away and he takes his inheritance and he squanders it and he, he you know, parties and spends it on prostitutes and all these different things. And yet when the drought comes, he hits rock bottom. All of his resources are gone and he, he, he's feeding pigs, which to a Jewish person is like the lowest of the low. And he, it says that he comes to himself. Jesus says he came to himself and he said, I just got to go back home. I need to go back home because even the slaves in my father's house, they, they have it better than I do. And he's going home and, and I, I can just put my, I have an overactive imagination. I put myself in the, in the shoes of the prodigal son and, and he's walking, he's rehearsing what he's going to say. He's saying, oh, father, I've, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God and I don't deserve to be a son. And he's rehearsing all these things. And yet Jesus says, while he's still a long way off, the father gathers up his robes and he runs to his son, which would have been that would have been dishonorable in this culture for, for a, an older man who, who, is, who is high stature to gather up his robes and run. And yet he did and he ran to his son. He grabbed him and he hugged him. And I can just, in, in my overactive imagination, I just see him just beaming with joy. And he picks his son up and he just, you know, shakes him because that's what I would do, right? And he shakes him and he says, oh, let's have a party. My son is home. See, the, the father's love when, when the son was in the pig slop, his, the father's love was no less than when his son was coming home, right? And you and I, what Jude says is we need to keep walking where we can experience the fullness of God's love, where the truth of God's love is actually true in our lives. We can experience, does that make sense? And, and so he, he continues on and he's saying, look, this is how we fight. Be set apart. Continue to build yourself up. Be submissive to the spirit. Continue to keep yourself in the love of God. And then he says in Jude 21, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. See, Stan taught a a while back about how, you know, YOLO, you remember that? That stupid saying that was real popular for like a second, right? And and usually it was like the, the anthem for dumb people that do dumb things. It's like, hey, maybe we should jump off this or light this thing on fire. YOLO, like, right? That's like... Oh, I burned off my eyebrows, but YOLO, it's like, no, you're dumb. Uh, and, and, and yet the, that should not be the anthem of a Christian life. Because what Jude says here is he's saying, if you're going to fight, if you're going to continue to be set apart, then that means you continue to, to fight with the, the next life in mind. Hebrews 9, 27 through 28 says, and just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. What does that mean? What that means is that that you and I, we can fight this life, and we can can say, okay, yeah, that might be my passions, that might be my desires, but those are ungodly, and those are not, that's not who I am anymore, and we can fight hard, and we can fight inwardly, building ourselves up, because we know that it's not about our kingdom. It's not about building our passions. It's not about building up, up our comforts. It's not about having our best life now. It's about having our best life then, after, because this is not all there is. And so we fight inwardly. We build ourselves up. We stand firm. We submit to the, to the Spirit inwardly but then he he turns a corner and he begins to talk about outwardly what do we do outwardly in verse 22 
It says, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. Inwardly, we continue to build ourselves up, but we don't only contend for the faith. We don't only fight just for us, but we fight for those around us. This is a call to be in community. And next week, we're going to talk about what it, what it looks like in, in, in our church, in our context, to be in connection group, because that's, that's a hugely important thing in Anthem Church. If, if I, okay, I don't want to get into next week's message. Just come back next week, all right? We'll talk more about it. But what he's saying here is he's saying, man, we fight inwardly. We build ourselves up. But when you see other brothers and sisters going astray, you fight for them as well. It's not only about you. We are not on an island. There's no such thing as a Christian Lone Ranger. Right? It is, it is about us coming together. And when we see our brothers and sisters, we fight for them. And he says, in mercy, we fight for them. That, that word mercy, I looked it up. Mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Let me say that again. Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. We can see someone going astray and be like, well, that guy's an idiot, and blow him up and, you know, heap on shame and all those things. But, but Jude says, in mercy, in mercy, we, we fight for those who are, who are going astray. We don't, we don't just say, okay, let's cut ties. We don't, we don't just, just say, all right, you know, be warm and well-fed or, or whatever. We, we fight for them. He goes on to say, saving them through the fire, saving them from the fire. We, we fight, why? Because, because judgment is real and hell is real, right? We, we fight because there is, there is real punishment. The danger is real, guys. We are called to go into battle with people. We are called to show mercy. We are called to, to get in the mess. We are called to get in the mire with those who are, who are around us. We are called to that. And I think there are times where we look at that and we say, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I don't know. Give her, you know, let them go their own way. It's like a kid where it's like, well, they'll figure it out. Right? I mean, they touch the stove once, it's childproof, right? Isn't that how it goes, right? And, and we, we look at that, some of you are still trying to figure out what I'm talking about, but uh, it's funny, just wait for it to hit, right? We, see, I think what Jude is saying here is he's saying, you know, if people are walking into sin, it's, it's like when, I think I told this story before, when my, my wife and I, we were walking out of a, of a department store, and my nephew was with us, and he just went... Take, took off running out the doors into the parking lot. And, and I grabbed him real quick and just instinctually, I grabbed him, boom, spanked his bottom. And then it's like, this is another person's child. You know, it's like, ah, I just did that. Okay. But, but why? I mean, he could have looked at me and said, Uncle Luke, that hurt my feelings. I said, like, yeah, but your feelings are in a body that was about to get hit by a car. See, the danger is real. And to show mercy doesn't mean to just say, okay, yeah, I mean, you do you, I do me, we're good. See, as as a church, as Anthem, I've said this before, and I didn't get it, I stole it from someone else, but we want to be a place where where sinners feel comfortable coming. We want to be a place where, where no matter what you bring with you, no matter what baggage, that you feel comfortable and accepted in this place. But we want to be a place 
where if you want to stay in your sin, you're not going to be comfortable for very long. Because there is a real danger. And, and sin is real, and the consequences for sin are real. And so we need to be in community, getting in the muck and the mire with each other, fighting for each other, building ourselves up, but fighting on the behalf of those around us in mercy. And he says, in fear, hating even the garment stained by sin. What does that mean? What, what that means is like that, that garment, like, like, have you ever run over a skunk? And it's like, oh, that smell, just like you get out of your car and it's just like, how is it like it's on me still? How is that? It's like this idea of just understand you are not God. You are not the Savior. You are not above falling and succumbing to these temptations. It's only by the grace of God that we walk assuredly and, and in, in a firm foundation. Right? It's only by that. It, Paul says it this way in, in uh, he, uh, no, I'm trying to find my place. I'm trying to go fast. But in Galatians 6.1 it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. What's he saying there? He's saying we are called to go into battle, and yet as you go into battle, understand that you are not above being tempted either. I think it helps us in understand how we fight, understanding that we build ourselves up, keeping ourselves in the love of God, but understand that it is God who saves those who are wandering. Right? It's God who does it. And that's, he goes on, not only are we to, to be set apart, right? Because, because if you stop there, I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's good news. It's almost like try harder. This is how we fight. We have, a, we have an enemy. We have a battle. There's tactics. So, so be better, right? Is that good news? Like, like, come on, can't you do it? Isn't that so? It's just like, mm, that just makes my soul feel good when somebody's yelling at me and say, go do it, right? Be better. Mm, mm, thank you for telling me that I am terrible and I need to be better. But that's not where Jude stops. In verse 24, he says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. See, the reality is as we, as we talk about keeping ourselves, building ourselves, doing these different things, fighting inwardly, being set apart, what, what Jude is saying here is he's saying, now to him who is able to keep you, to him who is able to keep you. See, Jude starts his letter by, by talking about Jesus who calls us and keeps us. And he ends it, he books it by saying, he keeps you. And so the question is, wait a second, you just told me to build myself up. You just told me to keep myself in the love. So is it me or is it him? Do I keep me or does he keep me? The answer is yes. Do I build this up or has it been built up for me? Yes. <laughs> Praise God, right? Praise God that, that he is able to keep me. Praise God that, that I, can, I can walk confidently fighting this fight, knowing that the battle's been won. I, I use the example all the time. It's like, it's like dodgeball with children, right? That is so much fun because you know you're going to win. Right? Some of you are like, you're a terrible person. I, but it's fun. And you see, the, the reality is we can build ourselves up. We can keep ourselves in the love of God. We can, we can fight for, for those around us because we know that we fight 
out of victory, not for victory. We know that we can keep ourselves in the love of God that we have because we are sons and daughters of God. Amen? We know that we can walk in that because we are loved, not because we're trying to make ourselves more lovable. That's the gospel. That's the good news. It's not that you have a second chance. It's, it's not that, that we need to try harder. It's not, that, it's not that, like, okay, you screwed up, but, okay, Luke, here you go. Here's another chance to do it. Even if it was a thousand second chances, even if it was countless second chances, you know what? I would screw up countless times. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that this has been done on my behalf, that I am a son, that I can walk confidently knowing who God is, knowing who he's made me to be, knowing that, that there are times where I'm going to have shots taken at me, right? There are going to be times where, where things are going to happen. I'm going to walk through temptation. I am insecure. I am, I, I do struggle with things. And sometimes it's like, well, you're a pastor. You, really? Yeah. But the goodness of that is I don't have to succumb to those things because I'm not bound by those things because I am a child of God, and that's how we fight. Amen? You see, the gospel isn't that we, we be set. I want to I change that. We fight by being set apart, yes, but, but being set apart means we are set apart. And so for those of you in here who, who you're still in that first camp, Maybe you're in that camp where, where you're devoid of the Spirit. You, you don't walk in submission to the Spirit. You're, you're void of Him. You, you are not in submission. You are not a believer. You are not that. Even though you want to look like it, even though you, you want to dress up like it, even though you want to, to look good, you know deep down that you are not that. The call this morning is to repent. Turn from that. Accept Christ. And live for him because he desires relationship with his children. And for those of us who we, we would say, I have done that. I have repented and yet I still struggle and I still, still, still fall. What do I do? Man, be set apart. Walk the way you have been created to walk. Because God is good and you are his children. And we can build ourselves up in that. And we can have confidence in that. And we can submit to the spirit. That's... That's our call this morning. That's what we see in Jude, that church, that we walk as people who are secure in who God has made us. Amen? Amen. Let, let me pray over you. We're, we're going to have baptisms. We're going to see people walk in this. It's so awesome. So I'm going I'm to pray for us. God, I praise you, and I thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us, to even me, God, that, that while I was a sinner, while I was an enemy of yours, you died for me. And God, I pray that, that even now, God, I pray that, that as, as we walk through this and as we, as we enter into the battle and as we fight for each other, God, I pray that you would help us to, to do it confidently, devouring the things that you tell us. God, I pray that you would, that you would help us to build ourselves up in this, that, that you would help us to walk in submission, that you would, that you would help us to, to be people who, who walk in the reality of the truth of your love. God, I praise you, and I thank you, and I praise you for what's about to happen here, and I pray that, that each and every one of us would walk in this reality this week. And it's in your name. Amen.